This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Aftershock Central Podcast returns. Martin, Jack, and Ronnie back at the helm. How are you fellas doing? We haven't recorded in like a month and a half. So I'm saying. What are you talking about? We just released an episode last week. Well, yeah, that's last week. We haven't recorded <laughs> since March. <laughs> Shame on us. Well, Shame on us. That's all I gotta say. Shame. Is that is that a song? Oh my god, this this episode is gonna be full of songs. It what, is. What's a song? Shame, shame, shame. Who sings that? Yep. It's like a fifty song. Uh, Anyways, uh, I'm not singing on this podcast. Yes. I have you, you just sang it. No, I didn't. You just karaoke this. <laughs> you just got karaokeed. Anyways, <laughs> we we're back. We're back. And what? We, we we talked to Joe. Joe's like, you guys, you guys can't leave. You get, you can't leave me. So we <laughs> said, you're right, Joe. We suck. We're gonna start recording again. So that's what we're doing. I hope everyone listening uh, listened to the panel last week. Jack, you weren't at C2E2. Did you listen to the panel? Of course. Okay, good. I was about to say, shame on you. But I was front row at at SCCC. Like two weeks before that. Well, I was front row. At both. At both. (laughs) (laughs) That's commitment. Hey, Ronnie. Yes. How was the Aftershock panel? Um, it was, uh, I was absent. (laughs) Oh, no. That's, that was Mar, that was, uh, Ronnie's same answer regarding the, uh, Marvel panel on the Ultimate Podcast. Yep. Well, I chose not to do the Marvel one in place of a different panel. This panel, I chose to eat omelets, and then parking got me. <laughs> See, that's so what I happened. was late. He's like, oh, oh it's no big deal. I have I have a valet. I'll get there in time. Yeah. Guess what? Yeah. He didn't even make it. So what panel? Yeah, I got there when you guys that? were. Yeah, you got Which there. Which panels did you go to? Mm-hmm. He, he went to the Valiant panels. Ah. The yeah. podcast you're not on. Correct. <laughs> That's correct. Mm. Anyway. Uh, actually, I think I went to the bar that night, actually. That's true. That did happen. Yeah, it seemed like a lot of that was happening. <laughs> the pictures. <laughs> there were some great pictures. I think I was still at the bar Sunday morning at the con. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Anyways, yeah, so, so Ronnie missed the panel. It's okay. I recorded it, and uh, Joe's very mad at you. He said, where's Ronnie? We can't start without Ronnie. And I said, just forget him. <laughs> he told me he hates Aftershock. He's, he's been deleted. That's right. That's right. Anyway, the panel was awesome. I took, uh, I took Nick to the panel uh, from the Nerd Legion podcast. He's a good boy, unlike Ronnie. Mm-hmm. I took uh, I took Bill Bomer from uh, the Geek Brunch podcast to the Aftershock panel. Now, is Nick is does Nick read Aftershock? He does. Matter yeah. of fact, he and I see if if you listen to our very own podcast, you would know this, Jack. He and I took over this podcast one time because uh, he bought yeah, he bought a bunch of the number ones, and so right. we had to talk about them. Yeah, you need to bring them on. I've never I've never uh, podcast with him. Oh, shame on you. Yes, I got to do it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll bring him on. I'll bring him on. He's uh, Well, you know, the thing is, he's a trade waiter, right? So 
He's uh, he's oh, always really? going to be behind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or or a digital sale waiter. Or yeah, or a digital sale waiter. Digital sale waiter. He was uh, he was a little upset about the sale because I think it was only number one issues, but he did pick him up at uh, my suggestion because he and I were talking uh, during Nerd Legion one day, and he uh, he really dug him. He really really dug him. So that's a plus. You know that's what we're here for. We're here to uh, make people buy stuff. I think, I think uh, he bought the last issue of Rough Riders, the first season of it. Yeah, you might be right. That week, and that was like the first time in like three thousand comics that he paid full price for it. <laughs> wow, I remember him talking about that. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So since we haven't recorded in quite a while, we're going to be talking about quite a few books today. Uh, four for sure. But I do want to kick off with a fifth that we decided immediately before I hit record. Because Jackpot number five came out last week, right, Ronnie? Yes. Last week. This week. This week. Or whatever. Yeah, well, yeah. last week. It, dude, it, 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 it's Sunday. It's a new yes. week. And uh, first of all, you were right, Ronnie. I totally missed the fact that uh, Ray Fox writes it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who happened to be at the con? Mm-hmm. Who I happened to talk to about he, all kinds of things, except jackpot. Yes. This book is ending, because, you say. Yes. So this is why we're talking about this. Because I yeah. said, "Hey, did anybody read jackpot number five? Well, uh, hold Ronnie, on. Ronnie had read it. How's it ending? If the very last page says to be continued. So okay, here we go. Number one, it says to be continued at the end. So if it's ending, yep. that's going to make me a little upset. Because I think between four and five, it's been a couple months, hasn't it? Yeah. Okay. So that, that makes me a little upset right now. Number two, if it's ending, WTF, Ray Fox, what is going on with this book? Because it doesn't end with any kind of resolution. So we need to figure out, uh, do I need to be mad at Ronnie? For making me angry that this book is ending? Or do I need to be mad at Ray Fox for ending this book the way that this book ended? Probably C, all of the above. C, all of the above. So I should be mad at Joe for no reason, is what you're saying. No, I'm saying both A and B. Be mad at me and Ray Fox. Well, now hold on. Maybe they, Maybe he's planning to continue the story. They just don't have a date set yet. Sort of the Southern Bastards kind of schedule. We'll get to it when we get to it. Possible. Here we go, Ronnie. I have decided the right answer is A. I'm going to be mad at Ronnie for getting me all upset when jackpot number six comes out June 21st. (laughs) Okay. Now I can no longer be angry. Now now I'm happy again. Did Did you like this issue, Ronnie? Oh, it is scheduled June 21st. Yep. Um, after each issue, it seems like a disconnect. So I don't know if that's just how the story goes or... I don't, It took me a minute to get my teeth back into it because um, how long it's been since the previous issue. Yeah, that's a little upsetting. I mean, it's been... Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's been at least two months between four and five. 
And now it's going to be another two months between five and six. Mm-hmm. Um, that might work with some stories, but I think with this one, this is like one of those perfect trade stories. Yeah. Because it almost feels like there's just enough in each issue to keep you interested. But the way that each one ends and the next one begins makes little sense without having the previous one fresh in mind. Correct. And I mean, it took me getting through half of this issue to really remember what happened in the previous one. Uh, when Dominique is talking to, I don't even know who the blonde girl's name is. I don't know if they ever named her. Um, and they're going through all like the different possible futures and worlds and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah. They kind of went to this weird extra dimensional place at the end of four. And the whole thing with the yacht. Remember that? They were in the yacht, and that guy was chasing them. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it took me halfway through this to remember any of that. Yep. So I don't know if that's my bad, or if that's the writer's bad. But, uh, yeah, th- this feels like a book that shouldn't be as delayed as it is. And I'm sure there's a good reason for it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. I just I wish by issue five I knew what the hell was going on. Right. That's all. Agreed. I, I'm not going to ruin any more of it because I know Jack hasn't read it. I don't want to ruin it for Jack. Oh, he's flipping oh, pages. I, he might be reading it right now. I've, of course I've read it. <laughs> you think I've come on a podcast and not read the comics? <laughs> uh, Look at that professionalism. Professional. Professional. I, Hasn't this whole arc been about the progression of Dominique? Yes. So it starts where she's just totally clueless. And she's slowly gaining her powers and figuring out her powers and and learning that this is a little bit bigger than just her. And then it culminates in this issue, which is about her becoming, like, godlike, right? Correct. So it seems like a sort of classic... I don't know. A little bit different take on a, like a classic origin. Which, that's fine. I totally get that. But what I'm saying is, because of the breaks in between each issue... Right. It's it's hard to follow what's happening. Sure. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, you lose track of it. And, I mean, the amount of information that was thrown at you, this issue... Right. Was like, whoa, what the hell? Like, where did all of this come from? Because, I mean, you, you get like... A story of the multiverse and all these deities and Dominique being like the ultimate deity. I mean, it was cool. Deities. Deities. It was cool, but I don't know. It just it left me a little discombobulated, I guess you would say. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're reading something like Southern Bastards, uh, you got like six or seven months in between issues sometimes. Well, that's why I don't to- read garbage. <laughs> Southern Bastards is a great book. Sure it is. But two months is nothing. Dude, I live in the South. You live in the South. I don't need to read a comic about it. You (laughs) just go outside and see a bunch of Southern Bastards. (sighs) I got them next door to me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, no, I see what you're saying. Southern Bastards is not terrible, by the way. I just like to say that. Yeah, but um, I've I've heard uh, I've heard that people say that one of the reasons they like the rebirth they like the rebirth bi monthlies for that reason. That the the story is just constantly in their 
head and they don't have time to sort of forget about what's going on. Yep, I love it. It's awesome. But the problem is not everybody can hey, do that. You can't do that. It's an aggressive schedule. Yeah. You were saying talking about every other thing except for aftershock. (laughs) He just wants to do a DC podcast, I think, and that's what I think. (laughs) Anyway, he doesn't like Batman, so God, we should should no longer be friends. Next, I want to talk about Black Mask. (laughs) Oh Lord, Black Mask. eh? Well, your buddy uh, Rosenberg uh, is—he started a Black Mask. (laughs) Now he's about to be the Marvel big shot, so. See how easy it is to like derail a conversation. <laughs> in this well, that's okay because um, Black Mask's publication schedule is about the same as on par with Images. <laughs> oh snap! No, no, no. it's not. No way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, well, that's Mask, true. It might Black be worse Mask than Image. Worse. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, Black Mask is, but I think the only one that's somewhat timely is uh, Black. Black, and then there's another one, but yeah, the rest of them know. are like twice a year, maybe. Yeah. Now I will say this though: I think one of the things I like that AfterShock has done is because all these indep- not all, but a lot of these independent titles, once they get past one arc, they it seems like it's inevitable that this the the release schedule just gets ridiculous, and they've ended a lot of these pretty after about an arc or two mm-hmm. or they've sort of stopped them and restarted them and i think that's probably a good thing to do like just go ahead and resolve the story instead of having it linger and just fade into you know nothing like mm. we do, like we do with our image books and black mass books yes i mean i think at least for an arc you should have a steady schedule right like what Saga does, and I hate talking about Saga because that is a book that I hate. Uh, truly and honestly, I don't like that book. But they have <laughs> they have a good schedule, right? So when the arc is actually going, they publish it pretty much monthly. And then they take like the six-month hiatus or whatever right. it is, right? And then they come back. And so you're you're bound to have a story that you enjoy coming out on a regular schedule when you can keep up with the story um, and actually enjoy it. Yeah, you know. But the difference is Saga is a top seller as far as independent titles go. I get that. That's so fine. They they have motivation to make sure it gets out there. Whereas sure. these other books, people kind of do it on the side, and there's other things that interfere. So I'm just saying, if you end if you end it early before it has time to sort of uh, fade out, and, and I, th- I think that's that's sort of a good approach. And again, I get that. But it's like Image. So if you pitch Image a book, you know, Ronnie was just making fun of the release schedule. That's fine. But number one, Image has nothing to do with, with when you're putting your books out. Right. right? That's yeah. all up to the creator. Right. Um, yeah. The creator's responsible for writing, finding an artist, finding the colorist, um, getting the book printed, getting the marketing done. Image doesn't do any of that. Yeah. Okay. Um, but at the same time, when you when you penis when, on it, <laughs> that's right. That's all you gotta do. Just slap that penis on the front, the upside down penis. Um, but the good thing about images, when you pitch them a book, you need to pitch them a full arc. Okay, they're not gonna they're not gonna agree to put it out if you don't have an arc to put out. Mm-hmm. Now, if scheduling conflicts happen afterwards, again, not necessarily images' fault. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm not like entirely familiar with 
the way that the inners of Aftershock works. But from my understanding of things, I mean, something like Jackpot having such a weird schedule is not necessarily Aftershock's fault. Uh, now, a book like Black Eyed Kids, yeah, I mean, that's Joe's book, right? So if it's late, it's Joe's bad. Matter of fact, we should talk about that when we get to that book because there's a letter at the yeah. end of the issue. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I wish, because the books are, you know, low sellers, I think it's extremely important for all the books to at least be out every four to six weeks, right, in between issues, and not have such a long break, unless you're doing uh, a break for the, uh, like, in between arcs, right, like Insects Mm -hmm. does that. Um, I think Animosity is on that now, right, the arc is done. Um, in between arcs, it's understandable. Sure, sure. But within an arc, I mean, the book's got to be put out on time. No right. question about it. So that, that's all. That's all I wanted to say. We talked about Jackpot way too much. I didn't want to talk about it. I just yeah. wanted to be angry for like five minutes. Right. But it's just, it's hard to, for me to be upset at Aftershock for it because it's like every independent publisher suffers the same thing. And it's because everybody's has contracts with Marvel or DC and they're, you know, married to that and they have to sort of do this stuff on the side and it just, it, it always suffers with independent titles. Doesn't it? I mean, it seems like it's always a constant theme. Um, everybody has Marvel or DC contracts. That's true. Yeah. But even then, if you, if you, if, as a creator, if I agreed to put out a book I mean, it, it might just be my personality type, but if I tell you, hey, I want to put out whatever book it is, Joe Blow's Island Nation. I don't know. I just made that up. The Adventures of Drunk Dad. The Adventures Dude, of I'm, Drunk Dad. Okay. I'm not buying that. <laughs> you are buying that. <laughs> okay. But if I tell you I'm going to do that, I'm going to do four issues. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I'll probably have them all written before you even put them out. Um, but like, you know, I'll be, I'm going to commit myself to that. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I, I know not everybody works the same way. Okay, and I'm not in the comic book industry, so I can't say, "Oh, well, if somebody's listening, probably like they're like, oh well, if Marvel offered you, you know, whatever to write Moon Knight, you'd jump all over that. You're damn right, I would jump all over that. Number one, but number two, I would make sure that I fulfill all my commitments. Yeah, but but you're filling your commitments, but your writer all of a sudden started. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, your artist all of a sudden started doing art for Moon Knight. And now he doesn't have time to, to get to your book or your colorist or whatever. So okay. now what do you do? Well, then I need to find a replacement. Yeah, because no matter how big or small the publisher is, it still has your name on it, right? That's right. But that never... So, I, I don't... I can't remember many independent titles that switch artists like just right in the middle like that usually it's the same writer and artist through the duration well i think that's just because you're used to reading image books oh walking dead switched artist yeah but that's like right in the middle that's like hundreds of issues though okay i mean it it doesn't matter marvel and dc switch artists every few issues and that's not indie granted they're doing it to keep up with bi-weekly schedule sometimes but right i mean it, it's not weird to do 
But they also have a cast of writers that they can shuffle up whenever they want to and and do that from sort of a managerial level where if you're just a writer and an artist that have decided to run on a book and now all of a sudden you're going to say, oh, sorry, I'm going to cut my writer, I mean mean, my artist out of this and bring on somebody new on your own, that's a, I don't know, that's a big task. Well, I mean, if your artist can't do it, then your artist can't do it. So, I mean, do you let the story, it goes back to what I just said with the jackpot thing. Yeah. Does that mean that I put out my book, you know, three times a year instead of six? No, I want to put my book out six times a year because people yeah. that are reading my book, that's what they expect. You see what I'm saying? I, I don't want to be known. I'm talking like I'm actually like a comic book writer. <laughs> I don't want to be known as, oh, well, that Martin Ferretti guy, you know, bleeding, you know, bleeding cool loves to talk shit about people. Here comes a bleeding cool article. Martin Ferretti's, uh, what do we call yeah. it? Drunk story, drunk dad, delayed another mm-hmm. month. You know, I don't want that. Okay. Yeah. Right? Especially if I'm a, a younger artist. I know Aftershock New and has upcoming. like, yeah, uh, an uppercomer. I know Aftershock uses big name writers and artists, right? Um, so that might not affect some of those guys as much. Mm-hmm. But like, if I'm a new guy, right? Like you were talking about Black Mask. If I'm a new guy working at Black Mask, I want to make damn sure that I'm putting out the best books that I can on time because mm-hmm. maybe then I can be picked up by somebody else, okay? Like Rosenberg, mm-hmm. okay? He's writing, what, three books for Marvel? Yeah. And that's about right around the time his Black Mask stop stuff, you know, filtered, fizzled out. Sure. Sure. No, and that's fine, you know? If he yeah. feels like it, it pays him enough that that's what he wants to do, that's fine. All I'm saying is I would make sure that I at least fulfill my commitment, okay? And that maybe not everybody can do that, and I know different writers write at different rates. Right. Um, so, you know, some guys, it might only take them a week to write a script. Some guys, it might take them a month, you know? I mean, if it's taking you a month, you probably shouldn't be writing comics unless you're writing in advance, <laughs> Right, because otherwise, how's your artist going to get the script? How's anybody going to edit yeah. it, color it, ink it, whatever? Um, I don't know. I mean, and that's tough. That's tough. But, I mean, like, I'd be okay. If I had to switch artists, I'd be okay with taking a couple months off to find a new artist. <laughs> right? There's nothing wrong with that. But I'd make sure that the new art was finished. Are you in about anymore? I don't even know either. Jack brought it up. <laughs> well, I did. Yeah, you brought it up. <laughs> 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 Anyways, no, I mean, I was just—I was all. My only point was that I feel like the the way AfterShock has handled this is has been more satisfactory for me than Image, especially more than Black Mask, who will start an issue, they'll get through like two or three issues, and then you might not ever hear about it again. Um, it, it feels like at least these, and, and they're you know, I mean, I, I'll. In an ideal world, I, I would like a perfect release schedule. Give me an issue every month, through at least through the arc, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can't do that, at least give me some resolution. Because my, my biggest pet peeve with independent titles is when they just don't end. And you get an issue, you get another one like three months later, and then you just don't hear from the book again. And you're like, you know, I love this title. What the, I was invested into it, and I don't know how it ended at least give me some sort of like resolution sure and and then i can i can deal with it sure as long as the resolution's okay because there are times where books end because they're like well shit 
the books that get canceled, we have one issue to finish the story. Yeah. And a lot of time <laughs> a lot of times the writer just either doesn't care to find the proper ending or just can't find a proper ending. Yeah. Um anyways. How do we get into this subject? What what happened? I'm gonna have to listen to this episode and see what the hell happened. <laughs> See, See, we we leave you. we leave for six weeks and here we come back with a soapbox. Yep. <laughs> Golly, let's talk about a comic. How about that? Let's do uh. Sure. Which one? Rough Riders. We want to do Rough Riders. Oh yeah. All right, Jack. That's uh that's Jack's favorite. Rough Riders, Riders on the Storm, number two. I have a question about this issue, by the way. Um, this is Adam Glass, creator, writer, Patrick Olaf, artist. Gabe Elteb, colorist, Sal Cipriano, in letters. I just like saying that. <laughs> he just sounded like Mario. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. By the way, I just finished, uh, just t- talking about going off subject, I just finished Console Wars on Audible. It's a book about the, uh, the video game console wars of the early 90s between Nintendo and Sega. It is freaking fantastic, dude. If you guys have Audible, go get that. If you still read dead page books, go get it. It's really, really good. Um, I might actually have the writer on one of the podcasts to talk about it. Anyways, Riders on the Storm. Uh, I'm going to give a a, a nutshell recap. The crew finds the uh, McKinley's assassin. McKinley's in the hospital. Uh Roosevelt is a total badass. (laughs) <laughs> Annie Oakley is a robot slash alien slash no longer dead. The end. How's that? Brought back to life by Edison, right? Correct. He used uh, the little alien earbug from the first series to bring right. her back to life. And you get the sense that she's not quite all right, don't you? All right, yes. Do. Well, I mean, to to an extent. I mean, she's still feels like Annie, I think. Um, I, I just don't know if we had enough experience with her in this series to compare her to the previous, but yeah, something is a little yeah. off about her. Something is a little off. Um, you know, I always talk about Jack Johnson and, and Houdini being my, my favorite pairing, but the pairing between Roosevelt and Edison in this issue, uh, I think mm-hmm. for me was almost as good. Because Agreed. they're they're complete opposites, you know. But they have they share like the amazing intellect. Uh-huh. Uh, but Roosevelt is obviously a, a do-gooder, and Edison, as we all know, is obviously a jackass. <laughs> and it really shows when they uh, when they're doing their detecting work mm-hmm. uh, at the site of the shooting. So I really like that. This, uh, this is a great this is a great series, dude. Like out of all the books, like some you can go into and. Like really dive deep into what the hell's happening, what things mean. Like this, this is one of those books that's just like really fun to read. Yeah, you know. I mean, you yeah, can think about it, it if you want to, but it's just pure fun, mm-hmm. and I dig it. Me too. Thoughts on this issue? Man, I'm always shocked how how uh, Houdini's able to whip his his cards out like they're. <laughs> Like they're knives, man. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm trying to find the page, but there's one where he, he all of a sudden, like, 
there's a guy with there's a dude with a knife up to somebody's throat and he just slings out a card and it stabs him right in the hand. Yep. Yeah, wasn't it uh uh Zolgas, whatever I can't pronounce the name. You know, me and Czech names don't do very well. And uh it was funny because I dated a Czech girl in high school and <laughs> I couldn't pronounce anybody's name. But hers. But hers. Um <laughs> Because her her name was Cinnamon. <laughs> No, buddy, that was after high school. Oh, sorry. That was after high school. As a matter of fact, that might be after college, too. I'm trying to remember. Anyways. Um, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, Leon Kisolgas, the guy that uh, assassinated McKinley. Mm-hmm. It, that's the guy that they have in holding. I think he mm-hmm. doesn't he try to kill himself? In the holding cell, and that's when Houdini shoots him with the cards. Oh uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yep. Which that was awesome. He had the yeah he had the razor to his own throat. Yep. Yeah, I tried to do a little research on this guy, and uh, all I did was Wikipedia. It was kind of boring. I mean, it, most of the the stuff was about the assassination, so uh, didn't seem like a very interesting dude. He was an anarchist, though which uh, plays a big part in this. And <laughs> I, I, I try to do some research on the saying that Leon says, Sol Gauss, whatever his name is. Uh, the Imperio Absenti Chaos Regit. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I looked it up, and it's something to the effect of... Um, I, I don't even remember now. Something about no government. What God? What is it? Chaos. Uh, yeah, without government, chaos rules. There you go. Okay. Something like that. Um, which is interesting. However, it really took me down a rabbit hole of many, many places, and I can't find where this phrase originated. But surely it's got to be like in a book. Or a movie, or somebody in history said it. Like, it's got to be. Yeah. But I just couldn't find it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, I, I, I looked and looked, and I found, like, some stuff from Seneca and Virgil, and I was like, oh, it's got to be it. But then I start going through the articles, and, like, they use some of those words, but mm-hmm. not in that order. Sounds like something Marxist, maybe from that time period, nineteen twenties, or. Well, this would have been earlier. This would have right. been early twentieth century, so it couldn't have been Marx. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't oh. know. Plus, Marx is different. Marx is socialist. This guy's an anarchist. So I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting because he's not the only person to say it. So, this is this is a good. We need to have Adam Glass on it and like because I bet there's a lot of research he's done in, in preparing this book that you know you don't you don't you, you may may or may not pick up on. Yes. Yep. And you know what's weird too? Trying to find this phrase, I found this phrase on many a website. Most of them because mm-hmm. some dude had it like as a signature. In, like, forums, you know? Uh, yeah. But there was one that was in Spanish, and I think this was part of a poem. 
and the name of the website translated to uh, the Clan of the Storm. Yeah. Which I thought was odd, considering the subtitle of the series as Riders on the Storm. Um, but again, I found no connection on that site to anything else. So this is, it might be definitely one to ask Adam Glass about. Oh, yeah. For sure. And uh, Joe said he'd help us get some of these guys on, right? So let's try to get him on and talk about this. Yeah. There we go. There we go. So, yeah. Good issue. I like... Uh, the the plague doctor masks that the bad guys mm-hmm. use. Um, that's some. That's like one of my favorite costume designs. Yeah. Ever in anything. Um, yeah. I, I don't cool. even know what it is. And I, I've done some research on those masks. It was actually really really interesting. They uh, they would put like potpourri mm-hmm. in, in the beaks because they felt like good smells would kill. Um, like the bad stuff in the air that would cause disease. <laughs> the bad smells. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they didn't know about germs and viruses and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah it's, yeah, it's pretty interesting. If you ever research, do a little research on plague masks. Um, huh. But uh, cool. I thought it was super cool. It was a great, great, fantastic issue. And Adam Glass is super nice, dude, at, the, at that panel. Um, oh, was he at the Aftershock panel? See? Maybe you should have listened. I thought you listened to it. Hmm. Hmm. I'm just kidding. Just testing y'all. Sounds like make you should sure, go to make sure you're uh, attention. You should go listen to episode 21, Jack. <laughs> Maybe you can uh, find it at nerdylegion.com. There you slash go. Shows. Slash ACP. Slash, I won't tell you because it's uh it's a lot. Anyways, yeah, good issue. I'm gonna. I don't. This is like a, a four every week for me, so, or every time it comes out. So. And he's been consistent yeah. with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Always on time. And as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was just I was just saying that's what um kinda gets me excited about the new book coming out too. That he yeah. has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we should we should talk about that a little bit at the end. Is that pestilence? Which one is it? He's doing the, the normal normal. The normals. Yeah. Um and you know he he is consistent, like you said. I think the new issue comes out next week or the week after. The normals, man. I feel like I've, I've seen that story before. Which, uh, like, no, you no, you haven't. Isn't there a DC, DC show that just came out that's sort of the same concept? All right, you know what? Let's just talk about this now. Explain yourself. <laughs> Explain yourself. I, I jumped into that. What's the DC show that came out that's about all the people that aren't superheroes? I haven't seen it yet. Powerless. So Powerless. Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it normal that sort sort of same kind no. of concept? All right. Number one, Powerless is a terrible show. Number two, Powerless is canceled. Already? Yes. Number Has three is yes. nothing like it. Really? Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's is it officially canceled, Ronnie. I know you and I were talking about this a little bit. Um, it has been pulled off schedule, but not officially yeah, canceled. Yeah, not officially so. canceled, yeah. But, I mean, but it's, it's on the schedule, so... Read between the lines, it's yeah. canceled. It gets canceled. <laughs> Talk about finishing a story, that's not going to get finished. Um, and and Powerless is about, like, the insurance company that... Right? Uh, yeah, kind of. I, I don't want to talk about that show, dude. It's so bad. Well, I was just... Comparing to the normal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's a, a subdivision of uh, Wayne Enterprises. Uh, 
that develops gear to combat super-powered people. Okay. It's it's supposed so to be like the like office kind the of normals. No, nothing like the yeah. normals. Um, I mean, listening to Adam Glass talk about the normals on this panel, available on episode 21 of this podcast, <laughs> um, I got a completely different feeling about it. Because at first, to me, it seemed... Uh, what was the movie that I compared it to? That terrible Nicolas Cage movie? Um, Family Man? Maybe it's what it's called? I think that's what you're... Yeah, it's Nicolas Cage and he's married to the chick that used to be married to the guy from X-Files. Um, <laughs> <laughs> David Duchovny? David Duchovny, yeah, his, his ex-wife. It plays Nick Cage's yeah. wife in that. Um, and it, to me, when, when I read The Solicit, it kind of felt like that. Matter of fact, on the next, on the last episode of Nerd Legion, Nick and I talked about this because um, we talked a little bit about the panel, and I explained to him. I, I listening to Adam talk about it, I was like, that is not at all the book that I thought it was. Because the way he explained it, I mean, I guess we can spoil it, right? Yeah, please do. Okay. Yeah. The way he explained it is like they're all robots. Oh, really? But, like, they don't know they're robots. Huh. Yeah. And one day he realizes that he's a robot. And mm-hmm. so, when I heard that, to me it seemed more like... Westworld. Uh, yeah, Westworld, Division, maybe. I know you don't like Division, uh, Jack, sorry, but... Um, and I, I mean, I did, they know they're robots in Division, so maybe that's not the right comparison. Uh, but, you know, because it's a family of robots... Yeah, um, and they get programmed from that. That's crazy because I've only read the preview. That's all I know about this book is from the preview. Yeah, I had no clue. There's no clue anywhere through this that there's artificial intelligence or anything or whatever. Yeah, I it's just that, a normal story about a family, and you're like, I mean, I was like, this sounds like my day today so far. <laughs> <laughs> like, why do I want to read that? And again, I mean, you know, we're we're not comic book writers. None none of us in marketing. Um, But from my conversation with Nick, it seemed to me like it would have made more sense to promote this book as that. Um, More of a sci-fi feel to it. Yeah, more of a sci-fi feel. And I don't know if maybe they don't want to promote all their books that way because a lot of the books are very (laughs) sci-fi. Right. Yeah. So I get yeah. that. Um, and, and, and I don't know, maybe part of it was the way that Adam explained the book. Because um, he's obviously yeah. very passionate about everything he does. Like, he, he seemed very passionate about Rough Riders. Um, mm. he, I mean, he did say Houdini is his favorite character, which makes total sense. Because um, he is the best character in that book, hands down. Um, but he, he seemed as passionate about the normals. Um, and good. I mean, if you haven't listened to the panel, go back, listen to the panel, listen to Adam talk about, um, the normals. And you tell me if you disagree that I don't think this book was maybe marketed correctly. Well, maybe they have None of us have read the entire issue, right? No. Did we, we, so maybe, we didn't get a copy of that, right? We got the ash can. Yeah, we got the ash can. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe Have maybe it's that? maybe it's sort of like a twist Actually. ending at the end of the first issue. Yeah, yeah no, that, that, yeah, oh, and yeah, it's something yeah. you don't want to spoil the way they're the way it's written. And you, you, oh, you yeah. know, yeah, you're yeah, probably definitely. right. You're probably right. Um, hmm. I have no clue. I just I just read the first. I mean, I read the first three pages of the preview, and I'm like, I don't understand what this is selling. It's it, it felt to me like they stuck the the beginning of this book in there without really thinking about how it would come across. And I was like, there's more to, there has to be more to this than just a family living out their mundane, typical life. Yeah. 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 See, I try not to read previews anymore. Do you? Um, I'll just, I'll look through them just to see what the art looks like and that's about it. Yeah. That's about it. Same reason, you know, you make fun of me for not watching trailers anymore. But, no, um, I'm with you. It's the same thing. I totally right? like, get it. How, first of all, how many trailers for something can I watch? Like, one trailer is good enough, bro. Like, don't give me one every yeah. week. And don't give me a, right. a trailer for a trailer. Like, that's stupid. They, well, the problem is they give you – I don't mind a couple of trailers, but they give you so many now. That by, t- by the time you get to the movie, you're like, man, I've seen all this. Yeah, you've seen half the movie. Right. And, I mean, there's some movies that you know you're going to watch regardless, right? So, like, the Star Wars trailer I thought was terrible. A lot of people liked it. That's fine. I thought it was terrible. But you know what? I don't give a shit. I'm going to watch the movie anyway, so it doesn't matter how bad the trailer was. Yeah. Right? Right. And, now they, and now they have the trailers for the trailers. Yeah, <laughs> They're like teasers. In two, yeah, the teaser trailers. In two in days. We <laughs> have a, a two-minute trailer. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's like when the, the Justice League trailer came out. They had like a, a trailer every day for each character. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I don't. I'm not gonna watch any of these. Just like I'll wait till Saturday when these are all done, and I'll watch the full trailer. Right. Right. Because it's the same footage that you showed me all week, except put together in a way that makes sense. Anyway, so I do that. With <laughs> same, I do the same with comics. Like I said, I'll, I'll look at it for the art, but I generally try not to read whatever the words are on the page. Um. <laughs> yeah. God, see, there's there's another di- dude. We we can't we cannot go you know five weeks again without recording. <laughs> yeah, it's the second diatribe we've gone on. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. So let's see. We've got Eleanor and the Egret, World Reader, yeah. Black Eyed Kids. I want to do Black Eyed Kids last, if that's okay with okay. you guys. Yep. Partially so because let's do Eleanor now. partially so we can get Joe to listen to the whole podcast. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, let's do Eleanor and the Egret, number one. That came out a couple of weeks ago. It's uh, John Lehman writing. It is the amazing, uber-talented Sam Keith on art. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very curious to know what you guys think about this. Ronnie. Oh, you can tell Jack doesn't like it. Uh-huh. No, no, no. I, I'm not saying that at all. I, I, I don't know what to make of this book, to be honest. That's why I want to hear what Ronnie says first. Um, I didn't know what to make of it going into it, really. I knew it was kind of a heist-type book, but it's really different. Yeah. Um, I love Sam, the Sam Keith art always have and um i don't know it just it's so different that it's not your typical heist book 
I mean, obviously, there's a talking bird in it, so <laughs> it's not that normal. But um, I'm very interested in in where it's going from here. Yeah, I didn't I didn't overly love love it, but you know, it's kind of middle road for me, really. Yeah, Jack. I, I, I mean, I'm the same way. I didn't I didn't love it, but it's so peculiar that. You want more. I want to know where it's going. And out of all these books, like I mean, I I read this, and it's not the sort of it's not the type of story that I like. I want to read and that I'm into. But out of this pile, I'm like I'm I'm one. Out of all these books, this is the one I want to hear what you guys want to say on it because it's just so unusual, and it's it's, it's curious. So I think what's right. really interesting about this book is that it's not. A typical American comic, but I think if you're used to reading European graphic novels, then this would feel very familiar to you. Right. Um, yeah. Because for one, Sam Keith has that very artsy style that's a little more commonplace in in European books. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the book takes place in Europe. Um. The, the the costume designs are are very like Victorian kind of um, yeah I mean it's it's it takes place in modern times mm-hmm. um, but you know like the the costume that she wears when she goes to when Eleanor goes to the museum to to look at the painting is very Victorian um, I mean to have a bird be such a main character like that um, that's not in the way that it's used, um, it's it's not typically an American way of doing things. Um, and yeah, you can talk about you know anthropomorphic characters like uh, turtles or Usagi, Paul's favorite. Um, but this is not that at all. Like it's it's a bird, right? It, I mean, it's a talking yeah. bird. Um, but it's got that like s- magical surrealism thing to it. Yeah, um, it's like whimsical. Yeah, it's very whimsical, and uh, I think that's. That's why I say that maybe if you're more familiar with European stuff, you'd be a little more prone to enjoy this. Um, I mean, I loved it. I loved it. Uh, I'm still. I'm. I'm reading uh, Black Sad right now. I don't know if you guys. I know I talked to you about it, Ronnie, at C2E2 because we saw a hardcover there at the Dark Horse booth. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's really, really good. It, that's anthropomorphic yeah. animal. Um, but just the way that the characters interact here is, is really interesting. Um, yeah. The fact that the egret... when they Alright, so when they do the side-by-side of the heist, I thought it was hilarious the whole way through. Um, because the detective is trying to figure out, like, oh, well, how is this hole up on the roof? Like, how did the thief get in here? Is it a man or a woman? Um, like, they broke into the safe, but they didn't break into it. You know, because the safe is still locked. Um, and this right. and that, and they but and then on the other side they show the egret uh, changes his bill shape to cut <laughs> through the dome, um, and then somehow has his harness on him, <laughs> right? To lift her out of there. Down. Yeah, that was kind of odd. Um, yeah. And then to get into the safe, he changes his beak into a key. Um, I don't know. It was really weird and very surreal. Um, and of course, Sam Keith's art really helps to that, right? Because his his art style is a little surreal. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
if if I did have an issue with the book though, and this is nothing against the colorist, but it is the colorist. Um, I didn't like the colors as much, um, and I know that typically this is the coloring style that um, people use on Sam Keith and and his indie stuff. Um, obviously not when he was working for the big two, but um, you know, like the Max was a lot like this. Um, and now it's been recolored because he didn't like the coloring. Um, it, it still looks a little like this, mm-hmm. um, but there's something about his art. So if you if you went if you read past the the end of the issue, um, and you saw the uh, the black and white pages, mm-hmm. I would have been perfectly okay. And granted, I do love black and white art, so maybe that's not fair for everybody else. But there was something to me where the art stood out more as black and white than it did with the colors. Yeah, I see what you mean. It looks more classic whereas the color makes it look a little more cartoony. Yes. Yes. But I mean, I think I think that's part of it, right? Like the the goal ultimately is to make it look a little more cartoony, more whimsical like Ronnie said. Um mm-hmm. so maybe that makes sense. Personally, I would have preferred to see it in black and white. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you know black and white books don't sell as well either. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's that's a hard choice to make. Is this an ongoing? Um, is it? I mean, if it is, does it matter? It, well, it feels to me like the sort of story that, like you mentioned, uh, European story. Like it feels like that sort of European folktale yeah. where you could sort of tell a mini series, and it has this sort of twist ending that ties it all together into some moral thing or whatever rather than a story that could just keep going on and on yeah I'd be good with that um, I don't know if it's an ongoing or not uh, to me it doesn't seem like it it seems like this would be no. maybe five issues five or six issues right. yeah I was going to say five or six um, but I mean they, they could always bring it back I mean that's what Rough Riders did right um, that's what a lot of series are doing nowadays. Nobody does ongoings anymore, so yeah. I don't know. It was uh, it was interesting, uh, and I, I really dug it. I actually i I dug it more for the art. Uh, I've never been a huge John Layman fan. Nothing against John Layman. Like Chew was fine, um, at least in the beginning. But uh, for for me, it was more reading this to see Sam Keith art because yes. um, there's only so many times I can reread the Max. How did this compare to Chew? Because yeah. because I I didn't read it, but I know a lot of people loved it. It's a really popular book. I mean, it's kind of it's different. I mean, it's like apples to oranges, kind of. Yeah, yeah. This is nothing like Chew. Yeah. Because yeah, Chew was very X, or at least R rated, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, the the art style fit that story better, whereas yeah. Sam's art fits the story better yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I, like I said I, I don't know I, I read this more for Sam Keith than anything else I, either mm-hmm. way I dug the story I thought it was hilarious um, <laughs> obviously I think the art's beautiful I know a lot of people don't like Sam Keith's art it's okay they're wrong it doesn't matter yep Aaron S. Bell <laughs> God he hates it hates it he hates everything. He so. does hate everything. He's the new Paul. 
he's the new Paul. Uh, I mean, overall, uh, uh, we're not adopting the new Netflix rating, right? Because that's dumb. We're gonna no. stick with the old five star. Um, this is th- it's tough. I'm gonna. Ooh, we're, we, we're not, are we doing half stars? Do we do we ever decide that after uh, 22 episodes if we're doing half stars? No. Man, I don't know how we to do this. anyway. All right, you know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and do a half star. I'm gonna give us a three and a half. Um, only because I think there's so much more that can happen um, where potentially this could become a four or five star book for me. But I think for a first issue, it was really well done and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, my cup of tea, I know it won't be for a lot of people and that's okay. Mm. <laughs> How about you, Ronnie? It's all you, man. I'm going to give it a whimsical 3.14159265 pie rating. Nice. <laughs> I'm going to... I'll go with, like, there in the half. So I'll go the 3.5. Just okay. because I liked art. Um, sometimes the, the colors are a little different, but, I mean, it fits the story for the whimsical but I do want to see where this goes just like you said Martin it could turn into a four or five star book for sure yeah. yep you know what would have been cool by the way I just thought about this when they do those side by side panels if they had done like the modern stuff black and white and then the high stuff mm-hmm. in color that might have been pretty cool yeah yeah anyways I'm sure, I mean, most of the book's not going to take okay. place in flashbacks anyway, right? So, um, right, right. in that case, you'd end up with a mostly black and white book. Let's go to World Reader. Hmm. By Jeff Which... Loveness. Wando. I love Wando art. Rachel oh, Deering in colors. Um, I don't even know how to describe this book. Which... Who, who wants to nutshell this book? Well, first of all, this book took C2E2 by storm. Oh, yeah. Really? Let's start off with that. Yeah, good call. Yeah. There, there was a C2E2 yep. exclusive cover for it. Huh. And it lasted a day and barely a half yep. wow. on Saturday. My right. dumbass went to the booth on Friday and said, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'll pick this up this weekend. Oh, wow. Um, I did pick up the blank cover animosity trade so did i um i think i, I might have gotten the last one sorry everybody else um yeah yeah you pick one up as well and i was like ah do i want to get this i was like eh, not really because i'm trying not to buy it variants really you know i just want to get a book right. to read it and i was like i already got right. the first issue i haven't read it but i have it whatever and uh what was it, Sunday when we went by there or Saturday? Sunday. Uh, both days. But Saturday, they were completely... Saturday afternoon, they were completely gone. Yeah, completely gone. Huh. Um, and apparently, you can find them on eBay. I haven't checked in a few days, but they were going between like 35 and 50 bucks on eBay. Um, mm-hmm. Wow. Whereas they were on sale, I think, for 10 at C2E2. So. For 10, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, completely sold out. Apparently the buzz is really good on it. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. my uh, I showed you the picture. My 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 comic sh- store was the shelf was empty. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. And that wasn't actually my 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 local comic shop is. This is the kind of book they wouldn't buy that many copies of. So the picture I sent you was actually at Heroes, which is sort of the largest store in the Carolinas, I think. Yep. Yeah, they were completely sold out. Interesting. But how many copies did he order, though? That's what I want to know. I don't know, man. They usually order a pretty good stack of everything. Yeah? Hmm. Anyways, either way, it's really good for them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think the the big book really for, for Aftershock has been Animosity. Um, mm-hmm. And I think a, a lot of... Joe said that this one might be the second one, though. Yeah, that's the way it looks. He, he was getting ready to put this one back into the second printing. Yep. I think. Uh-huh. So you might be seeing a second printing. And it's kind of mm-hmm. weird because Loveness only does Groot, right? Is he writing anything else? I think that's it, really. So, I mean, it, it seems to me, and I mean, I could be wrong. Loveness fans, I apologize. <laughs> uh, but generally, you know, when you have hot buzz on a book, it's because there's a hot writer on it. Yeah, he's uh, doing Nova also. Oh, okay, he is doing Nova. You're right. You're right. But Nova's getting canceled. So already, <laughs> That's because too bad. it's it's the younger stupid one. Anyways, um, yeah, everything yeah, yeah. everything's getting ready to get canceled. But we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> we won't get to that. You're in the wrong podcast, buddy. <laughs> All right. Um, anyways, okay. So Nova and Groot. I mean, neither of those I would think are huge sellers. Um, but I mean, maybe Loveness has no. a faithful following, and they're coming to get this book. I don't know. You you can never tell with some of these things, dude. You know, yeah. like sometimes it just happened out of nowhere. Yeah. I think this is just it's it's this is sci-fi, and to me, this sounded more interesting than anything else that's come out recently. Just by the pre, just by the uh, description. Mm-hmm. It sounded like an interesting story, something that people want to hear nowadays. Shameful. Shameful. That should be your episode title. Everything's shameful. Um, Why is that shameful? I don't know. I was just... Because oh. uh, Pestilence sounds awesome, and so does uh, Unholy Grail. Unholy Grail, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Maybe I'm just a sci-fi fan, but I thought sci-fi... And baby Sort teeth. of where it's at right now. Sci-fi is where it's at. Um, this book wasn't quite what I expected. Me neither. But I enjoyed it. I love this book. And I love looking at Wando's art. Um, I don't know what... Maybe it's the yeah. colors. I think the colors really help. Uh, but I think even in black and white, it would be good. Um, the story was weird, though, because it's it's a lot of setup. Um, and there's mm-hmm. there's like a couple twists here and there which make it interesting but it, it definitely felt like a first issue if you know yep. what I mean right um, yep. there wasn't anything like to really really grab me to pick up the next one but it was interesting enough and the concept was explored enough where I'm curious to see where it goes mm-hmm. um, yeah I mean, it's it still gave me a little bit of that black science vibe. And originally, when I read the description, the solicit, it felt like it might be something like black science. 
Um, and obviously, I don't think they're going to copy Black Science, and it could still somewhat turn into that. Um, you guys read Black Science, right? If you don't, then you're both fired. Oh, man. I read the first ten issues, and I did, I did not like it. All right. That's fine. You hate I'll, good books. I'll it's go fine. I'll go into it. It's <laughs> it's the I'm, it's the, be, the best it, the podcast. best image book and you're not reading it. What's wrong with you? Oh man, that's a debate for another time. I got some words about that. What you just said though. <laughs> uh, anyways, it, it was it was fine. I, I don't even know how to what how to describe it. There, there's there's not a lot of words in in the book, right? So there's not much to explain either. Like yeah. this, this is yeah. group so, is traveling around the universe. All right, maybe maybe I understood it wrong. So correct me, okay? You ready, Ronnie? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. There's a All group right. traveling around the universe, yes. trying to find why the universe is dying. Okay, because it seems like yes. there's humanity is like the only thing left. Okay, all the planets are dying, and they happen to have this one person with them who is like a psychic that's why it's called world reader so Mm -hmm. she can like touch things and look at things and she gets like the the psychic impression of that thing and things that happened around that thing and so they get to this planet and she does her world reader thing uh, to see what happened with the civilization everybody was apparently killed and it turns out that there's a being that's doing all the killing. Yeah. Is that is that right? See, I, well, I thought that they were there, like, doing world explorations, like, trying to find life. And then that's why she wants to stay there longer, and they don't find it. So they're just like, okay, let's go. Or whatever, take your test and hurry up. And let's get off here, and we'll go to the next one. Well, yeah. But she's like... There was that one. She's mesmerized by it. Yeah, there was that one section because whoever's leading this mission was ready to go, mm-hmm. and her buddy somehow right. bought her an hour so she can look into it a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. Um, and that's when things get a little weird. Things got hairy with, with the octopus mouth creature. I don't even know what, what was it. Smoke. I like to say octopus mouth because tentacles are creepy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, just go with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. This is definitely going to be one of those really, really good stories in trade. I can already mm-hmm. tell. Um, yeah. And I hope that the book stays on schedule so I can continue reading this and yeah. learn a little bit more about this world. Um, right. But I think if if Loveness really pulls the story off correctly... Um, this could become one of my favorite books. I'll just have to yeah, wait to see. I can't. All about the sci-fi. I'm all about the sci-fi. I just can't tell yeah, from the first issue yet. Yeah, because I thought this was going to be a very uh, sort of planet exploration, outer space type book, cosmic, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the main character gives it a much more sort of, uh, what's the word, metaphysical, like supernatural thing where she's looking into spirits that have died and whatnot so i don't know which way they're going to go with it yep 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 ronnie it's space ghosts coast to coast. i like it <laughs> um 
I, I do hope that the next issue ramps up, though, because you you're right. This one was a number one, and it read like a number one. Mm-hmm. So, so I hope number two actually ramps ramps us up and goes somewhere. Agreed. We're gonna rate this one up already. Yep, rate it up. Uh, I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm I'm gonna stick with my three point five on this one. Yeah, me too. I, I did. I I think I was sort of. Uh, I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. Partly because it was so hyped, and I I sat down with this expecting to just be blown away. Mm-hmm. And it was good. Maybe I would have liked it more if I had lower expectations. But one thing I will say, and you're not going to like this, but if if you're on a future planet, I want to see like I want to see art with more detail. Like they have these big frames where there's nothing in the background, or there's just sort of swirly, uh, psychedelic looking art. And I'm like, man, I, you're on a another planet. I, I don't know. The art did it. I, I like his art typically, and I like it on uh, American Monster. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, on this book, it didn't. It didn't work as well for me. Well, I mean, it is psychedelic. She's like in yeah. this astral plane, yeah, maybe, right? And maybe that goes back to my expectations. I was expecting more of a, a sort of deep space, sort of cosmic story, and instead, I got this psychedelic, supernatural thing. So, okay, maybe that's why. Fair enough. I mean, you can definitely... Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I'm just saying, I'm giving it a four. Nice. Because I think the story itself was kind of um, iffy, if you can go one way or another. But as you read and um, the intimate parts that she put into it Mm -hmm. that brought the spirits back really got into the story. Yep. Instead of just glossed over it. I think the key with this book for me is going to be how well I can connect with Sarah. Yep. Um, Yeah. And how well she can connect with whatever she's connecting Mm -hmm. psychically to. (laughs) It's a whole lot of connecting. Yep. Connect for. Connect for. (laughs) I can make a dirty joke, but I won't. (laughs) My wife and I were watching Broad City. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but every time I watch Broad City, it makes me think of dirty jokes. (laughs) <laughs> that show's hilarious anyways last book we're going to talk about is uh, Black Eyed Kids number 12 it's written by some guy named Joe Pruitt the art is uh, Simon Kudronsky Guy Major on Colors Martian Dillon on Letters and uh, I guess we'll do story first and then we'll talk about the after the book part so quick recap Gus and Meredith uh, have a moment. He begins to explain to her what happened in Kentucky when these black kids appeared. Michael is uh, maybe good, maybe bad, but not really, because here comes the master, the end. Yeah. How's that? that you, have the short, you have the shortest recaps ever. I mean, that's, that's pretty good, though. That's what happens. Right. Yeah. So, thoughts on this one? Uh-oh. The black-eyed kids are coming. I hear the sirens in the back. <laughs> yeah. That's me. Dang, Ronnie. They're, they're coming for me. Oh, boy. See? I came out of my hidey hole, and then here they come. 
<laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Who even oh, knows? Man. Who even knows? So, all right, let's let's talk about this. I I almost feel like maybe I missed something. Okay. Um, with the the Meredith and Gus stuff. Mm-hmm. And I should have gone back and reread eleven, because uh, it's very possible that maybe I missed something in eleven. Um, but it's almost like we only got part of the story that I was hoping we would get. Um, and again, there's something that's mentioned at the end of the book, in the after the book part. Um, that's maybe why I feel that way. Because Gus starts telling Meredith about what happened when she was a child. Um, mm-hmm. But we don't really get what happened to her when she, when she was a child. Yeah. What, we, what we get is, um, you know, I was in the military and I hypnotized you and a bunch of people to forget things. Yep. Right. But we don't know what those things are. But we know what those things are. And I was like, God damn it, Joe. I want to know what those things are. And we didn't get that. That's it. That, yeah, exactly. That's it. Um, so that was... I don't want to say it bothered me because it didn't bother me. Um, but I wanted, I, I wish the whole issue would have been that Meredith and Gus interaction. Huh. Um, and again, it, it seems to me like that is the story that's being told later on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, we can come back to that piece. But you know, either way, I think that interaction was very interesting. And getting to know a, even a little bit more about the connection between all these people was really interesting. Yeah. Right? Um, because what, what's Michael's mom? Was that Jessica? Is that her name? I know it was a J name. Um, it turns out that, I mean, everybody's, we, we already knew everybody was connected, right? Um, yeah. But not necessarily how. And I mean, Jessica was there in Kentucky at this I'm going to go ahead and just say cult because I'm pretty sure that's what it is right now Um, yeah she was there in Kentucky and she kind of helped raise Meredith or at least keep an eye on her to keep her safe Um, Mm -hmm. and that's her connection to the whole thing Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was nice to see I, I, I like that we're slowly getting connections um, and, yep. You know, we've talked about this book being like one issue. There's a lot of background given, and then the next one is a little more action, and then you go back to a lot of background. And this definitely feels like one of those, um, which is good because after this issue, there's no Black Eyed Kids for what July? July. Okay, tell July. So um, it's nice that we got a little bit more. Yeah. Um, again, I wish it would have been even more. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah, you can't blow your water well, at once. <laughs> See, I, as the kids say. Yeah, I think what you're saying. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we've had 12 issues of Black Eyed Kids, and it's been awesome. But it's sort of at the point where we've been reading it for a year or more, and the pace sort of needs to change. We, I, I, that's my opinion, at least. Like, we need to start getting something more. And just this, this slow, evolving pace that we've had through twelve issues, not because it's bad, but because it's just we've we've sort of been there, done that. No, you know, I, I see what you're saying. Um, I don't know if I have an issue with the pacing, but 
I just want more reveal at this point. Partially because yeah, that, of, partially because of what you said, right? It is it has been twelve issues. Pacing was a bad bad choice of words. I meant sort of a change of direction. Like yeah, we need yeah. to start going somewhere. And I think I think there was enough set up here where when the book comes back it could easily move quicker. Um yeah. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, what, what I got out of this issue is so everyone is connected. We kind of know how. Um, mm-hmm. We know Gus was responsible for saving whoever was able to leave. However, he is also responsible for these kids being out in public. It seems to me, because um, he, because he was trying to hide Meredith and some of these other people is why all this bad shit is happening to everybody now. Um, right. And it also seems like maybe. Now I could have read this wrong, by the way, but it seems to me like maybe now we know that this this group was like a, a witch coven cult. Was that the only one that got that? Yeah, um, nope. something like that. Yes. I, I thought it was mentioned that it was a witch coven. Um, yeah, I think so. High priestess. Type yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I guess that kind of makes the black eyed kids kind of demons. That's cool. I'm good with that. I still would have preferred the alien and the ear thing, Joe. <laughs> well, but... see, I think you're both wrong. So that's why you're both not in the book. Because <laughs> this, this issue ramped it up so much where I'm like disappointed that it's taking a break until July. Interesting. Okay. But, I mean... <laughs> the end. The, well, I'm just saying... like Mic that, drop. That, yeah, I understand like, you guys getting tired of like putting the carrot in front and keep leading us on, leading us on. But yeah. I think that's the whole thing is like each issue has asked questions, but also gave us minimal answers. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning, I think that's what we all enjoyed about it. And now it's like, well, that's what I'm, I'm still saying. Doing I'm, saying that. I'm ready for the answer. I'm at the point where I need the answer. Or at least <laughs> part of the answer. Part of the answer. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not disagreeing with either of you. I'm, I mean, I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, no, I know. I don't, I don't think the action ramped up here. But I think it's, it's the beginning of... The end. I, uh. I'm trying to see how I can word this without making it seem like this... The, pacing is going to pick up because that's not what I mean to say at all um, so when you when you watch a movie right like at the beginning you have the intro okay and then you have the yeah. action building up and then you have like the big battle and the denouement okay mm-hmm. at the end mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it seems like we're, we're still climbing right yeah, yeah. to get to that point and I mean judging by the way this particular issue ends with the master showing up where everybody's holed up. Um, maybe that it will lead into that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, now we have to wait, what, two months, three months yeah. uh, to see yeah, that. See, and I, when the, with the master showing up with the group, that's like where we turn the corner, I think. I, well, what I mean is I hope so, right? Because I don't, right. Want, I don't want the master to show up. And then, you know, there's some kind of MacGuffin that lets these people out of the house. Right. Okay? Like, for example, Michael. I don't want Michael to be a MacGuffin. 
Right. Right. <laughs> because what we got from the last couple issues with Michael is that, yes, he's a black-eyed kid, but somehow or other, maybe he can resist some of that. Right. Um, and that's why he's able to help his sister. Um, and now he's shown up here where they're holed up. And I don't want... I mean, he introduced the master into the house. Right. Right. But I don't want him to be... To do something that lets the family escape. Okay. Yeah. I, if, if, some, if there's a way for them to escape, I want it to be something with the, something that the master does or says that allows yeah. him to say that. Because I think, right. I think at this point, if, the, if Michael is the one that does that, that might be too easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and, I mean, if that's, the way, if that's the way it sort of develops, that's fine. You know, I, I have no doubt that Joe can make it, make it seem where I don't feel like it's a MacGuffin. I don't doubt that. Um, yeah. I just don't want it to be the MacGuffin. That's all. Um. But I mean, it's it's a tough it's a tough spot they're in though, because they're holed up mm-hmm. in this house, and I mean they're gonna be surrounded. And Until the master's Ronnie comes there. back from Florida, <laughs> <laughs> that's how it's gonna end. Ronnie's gonna pop out of the closet at the, the final. I'm in issue. Florida. I'm in Florida. <laughs> I'm coming uh, back sure home. You are. And then all of a sudden, samurai swords. <laughs> we're out of there. Sure, you are, Ronnie. Spoiler. Sorry. Spoiler. <laughs> Maybe uh, on the way back from Florida, you can pick Ronnie and I in the Carolinas, and we can drive over. We can be like, uh, what was what was that? The the three um, people in in X Files. Um, oh crap! They had their own show for like one season. It was terrible, but they're the ones that helped Mulder do the investigation yeah. on the paranormal stuff. You know, you know what I mean? The Lone Gunman. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, the Lone Gunman. We can be like the Lone Swordsman. Yeah, <laughs> we just show up with katanas and wreck shit. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, it's, it's, there's some interesting stuff in here. Um, we also finally learned a little bit more about the the creepy blind kid that got himself arrested at the beginning of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, that was recruiting in jail. He was Meredith's boyfriend in high school. That's weird. Yeah. Um. But what's even weirder is that he was one of the kids in in this witch camp in Kentucky, um, and he managed to escape. But he wasn't as lucky as Meredith was because Gus, Gus didn't help him. Uh, right. Him and his mom somehow managed to, to get out. And I got the impression that he kind of dated Meredith just to, to spite her, maybe. Yeah, I, that's how I got it. That poor girl. Yeah. Anyways, you know, the more I talk about it, the more I realize you might be right, Ronnie. Uh, yes, I know. <laughs> Jack, you're wrong. <laughs> Ronnie, you're right. A lot, a lot did happen in this issue. Um, mm-hmm. A lot more than I realized at first. See, that's why I like talking to you guys. That's why we should talk more often. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Well, this is one of those stories. This This whole title is one of those things that if you marinate on it, you get more out of it, for me at least. No, I'm totally with you. Totally with you. Although, generally, Ronnie and I are all for it. Mm-hmm. Usually. Usually. Um, anything else that we missed in this 
issue of the Black Eyed Kids? No. No, I don't think so. Cool. Oh, Gus. Gus is the man, dude. I bet he was one of those guys doing like uh, the creepy, like CIA studies on like pot and LSD and stuff. <laughs> he seemed like that kind of guy to you. Yeah. Yeah. He even had the hippie ponytail back then. Yeah, he had the hippie ponytail. Anyways, good issue. Let's break this one up. I'll just go ahead and give it a four. Because uh, that's generally my go-to uh, rating for this book. Yep. I liked it. The art was uh, good as always. There were a few panels that bothered me, by the way. Uh, particular transition panels? Or... Yeah, yeah. Well, some of the flashback panels okay. bothered me. Um, they didn't seem as finished. I think the the art in this book really shines yeah. in the darker panels. Right. Then in the bright panels, and those a lot of those flashback panels were very bright. Uh, there's a there's have, a lot of panels with no background at all, where the background is just completely black, and yeah, all you see, see is one or two people. That doesn't really bother me too much. Um, no. The lack of panels. <coughs> Excuse me, lack of backgrounds. Um, but no, I, I I know a lot of people do look at that kind of stuff. Um, I'm, I usually am more concerned with uh, what the characters are doing than what the backgrounds are doing. Um, unless the background is uh, like an integral part of, of what's happening in the panel. Now, did the black guy, do they, are, what are they doing during the day? Because all these stories always take place at night. They just hang out. They're are, are they, do they come out in, during the day? Are they vampire-ish? Mm, I don't know. Do they come out? Or is this just a dark, the way it's been drawn? I'm trying to think if there's well, been I anything. I think so because um, you wouldn't wear sunglasses at night. I mean, don't you know that song, Ronnie? I wear my sunglasses <laughs> at night. I, that's why I threw it in there because I'm a professional and <laughs> we said at the beginning <laughs> it's going to be a lyrical. It's a, it's a good thing we don't do YouTube because all the songs I have to put in here. I know. We'd get thrown out of YouTube in a second. Yep. Anyways, uh, I, I think I think that um, it's happened during the day as well. We just can't tell since it's black and white. Fair enough. You guys were ready to talk about this letter at the end. Talk about our dear John letter. Joe speaks. So Martha, have you ever seen that show Martha Speaks, the cartoon? No. If you have kids, <laughs> that just played in my head. That played in my head when you said that. <laughs> so uh, at the end of the issue, Joe writes a letter apologizing for the delay uh, between issue eleven and twelve. Right. The one uh, delay, one delay out of twelve issues. I'd say that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not bad at that. Nope. Um. But part part of the reason why the book was late was apparently wrote, Joe had started to write the issue, wrote uh, about seventy five percent of the issue, and decided that that's not the story he wanted to tell for this issue. He wanted to tell that story for a later issue, and so he rewrote the book, and that became what we read. And I thought that was interesting. Um, I, like I said earlier, I wonder if that's 
that's part of the reason why I felt the way I felt in that uh, those scenes between Meredith and Gus. Um, I wonder if originally it wasn't meant to be all of that background story. Yeah. Um, well, originally it was going to be the story where we come in and chop people's heads <laughs> off. And he was like, 12 issues, no, no, we got to keep going. <laughs> See, you're right, you're right. Again, Ronnie, you're right. I can't deny or confirm that he said that at C2E2 either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, I thought that was interesting. Um, a, a full issue rewrite, almost when you're done, yeah. can't, can't be yeah. easy. Right, um, and the fact that even through that, the book—I mean, I, I didn't even realize that it had been more than a month, five weeks in between yeah. issues. So, yeah. uh, and the fact that everybody else got to put the book together as quickly as they did, as quickly as they got mm-hmm. the script—I um, mm-hmm. think that really says a lot for what Joe's trying to do with this book. Oh yeah, right. Definitely means he cares about the story. Absolutely, absolutely. So good on you, Joe. Thumbs up. But we are sad. Thumbs the book will up. be back till July. That's kind of sad. That's sad. That'd I sad. won't be back on this podcast until July. All right, good. Cool. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Uh, Black Eyed Kids Volume 2 is out. I know I picked my copy up. I see 2E2. Pick that up if you have it. Um, I picked mine up because that's the volume that I'm in. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, prestige! Hey, Jack, are you there going boy. to uh, are you going to Heroes? Of course. Okay, I can walk there. <laughs> yeah, you could walk there. That's not no, it's not that close. Uh, yeah, it is. Pretty I have close. no excuse for not going to Heroes, though. It's it's really not too far. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, I drove twelve hours each way to Chicago. I can drive yeah. the hour and a half to Charlotte. <laughs> are you going, Ron- it, it, Ronnie? Are you going? I don't know yet. It, it came. Mm-hmm. It's not the con that we were talking about. We were talking about Baltimore that was in uh, later in the year. Yeah, but Heroes, it, it's a lot like Baltimore. Yeah, but and and Mike and Daryl and Chris will be there. Now is is Joe going to be there? Is yeah, that Joe, Joe, be there? Joe will be there. Yeah. Dude, the three of us need to be there. We need to do a sit-down <laughs> live podcast with Joe. Oh. Live from Heroes. That's live only like Heroes. three months away, right? Uh, it is the second week of June, so it's like six weeks away. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if I hit the lottery between now and then. Hey. <laughs> Martin's going to buy your, your ticket. <laughs> let's set up let's set up a GoFundMe. <laughs> no, that's fine. You come you drive out here, you can stay at the house and I'll 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 get you get you in. I'm not going the whole weekend though, so you might need to get a car for the second day. I'm just going Saturday. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, no, that should be fun. Should be fun. Let's uh did we, did we get all the books for April? I think we did. Well we missed one, Captain Kidd. Um yep. I think I might um, I might do a solo on Captain Kid. Um, I haven't decided yet. A Marco solo. A Marco solo. <laughs> Martin um, solo. Just Martin gonna, solo. I, I, I want to talk about some things. Um, I know maybe you guys aren't as keen on that book, uh, and I'm not saying that I loved it, but 
Um, I just feel like it, it should be discussed at least. So we'll see. But this week we have two books, three books. We already talked about this, I thought. We did, two books. <laughs> Pestilence number one comes out this mm-hmm. week, which I'm very excited about. Yes. Yeah. Very, very excited about. Uh, Rough, Rough Riders 3. Yeah, I think I think uh, Frank Thierry is getting ready to see if I actually like it, because he just followed me on Twitter. And I was <laughs> like, huh, how convenient. Uh, anyway, that's, that's a joke, that's not true. But he he did just follow me. Uh, Rough Riders <laughs> number three is coming out, so I know Jack will be excited for that. And uh, what's what's the other one? Blood Blister. Well, is Eleanor and Egret two coming out? Uh, Eleanor and Egret is the seventeenth. It's yeah. Blood Blister okay. number two, Pestilence number one, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Rough Riders number three. We'll be out this week. Full, full, full house again. Hopefully. Oh yeah. Hopefully. Um, by the way, Phil Hester was super awesome. Oh yeah, did you talk to him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know you guys talked to him on the podcast. That's that's great. I wasn't there. Right. Ronnie made fun of me at the booth for that. Yeah, you deserved it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was super cool. Um, dude, even at the panel, it was amazing to see him at the panel. Because he, yeah. he's, he's drawing the whole time. Really? During the panel? During the panel, he's drawing the entire time. But it does not miss a beat at any point of the panel. Like, somebody will be talking about something, and like he'll just quit drawing, pick up his head, and start talking about it. Ah. And when he's done, he goes back to drawing. <laughs> um, like, not even being called on. Like, he was obviously very attentive throughout the, the what? entire thing. But What was he drawing? Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm sure it was commissions or something. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I was so close, dude. So close. He had some shipwreck original pages there, and uh, they were super cheap, man. It was like a hundred bucks for a page. <laughs> um, oh, did we lose Ronnie? Hang on. I think so. He might have lost the internet just lost interest anyways Phil was super awesome dude everybody was super awesome uh, yeah Donny Cates was hilarious during the panel um, the way he explained baby teeth like I was already going to pick it up because I love everything that Donny Cates does yeah um, but the way he explained baby teeth was the funniest thing I've heard in quite yeah. a while I bet ba- babies don't have teeth <laughs> What's that about? Well, you know, he was he was explaining the story about like his brother having a kid, and how that inspired baby teeth. <laughs> and uh, oh, it, no. it was really isn't it about a, Isn't it about like a demon baby? Uh, yeah, the Antichrist. Yes. All right. <laughs> um. Anyways, it's amazing. And you said it was his. Uh, so I'm sure that kid, when he grows up, to read his book, that was he. That he inspired as a baby, he'll be thrilled. <laughs> uh, dude, I'm telling you, that guy was amazing. Anyway, um, I guess we should wrap up since since Ronnie's disappeared. Yeah. Maybe he let some black-eyed kids into his house, <laughs> and they whisked him away. Uh, 
He's going to try to infiltrate this podcast. <laughs> You've been listening to the Aftershock Central podcast. God, this might be the longest episode ever, dude. An hour, hour and 40. 40 minutes, yeah. It's crazy. It's what happens when we disappear for a month I and a half. And we try to squeeze in six books. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, you can find us all on Twitter, of course. Um, at Jack Sutherland, at Ronbar316, at Geekvine, at Aftershock Pod. Um, but what you should do is head on over to the Aftershock Comics fan group on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, what's what's the URL? Facebook.com slash group slash Aftershock Comic Fans, I'm assuming? Exactly. Aftershock Comic Fans. God. See? Professional. Yeah. On spot. <laughs> on point. Uh, head on over there and you can hang out with a bunch of uh, Aftershock fans. Uh, we will do our best not to take off five weeks anymore. Um, so there'll be an episode next week. I don't know if I'll do a solo or if we'll be here all together to talk about the three books. But there will be an episode next week. I guess that's it. Anything? Uh, any last uh, comments? No, I'm good, man. Have a good night and go buy some Aftershock. <laughs>